Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 288. And away we go. Break some dead shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more printer. Strict plan, it's a boy. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. Joined, as always, MC3 himself, Marcus Schwann. Marcus, how you doing this week? MC3? Huh. Marcus Davenport I actually, Schwann III. I, I actually kind of dig that. Yeah. I've called <laughs> you that before. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. Marcus Davenport Schwann III. Uh, I, just, I, just dropped the, I, dropped, I dropped the middle name, so it rhymes. Like EC3. Wow. What is up, everyone? It is me, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. Join with Michael J. Putty here for another episode of Shot of Wrestling. I know Did I say that? Michael J. Putty just said that, but I'm <laughs> going to just do it a little bit better. Um, welcome to my show. <laughs> okay, take, take, take over. And then, I mean, so after the show is done, I'll, I'll edit as far as the stuff so you can edit it and you can post no, it. No, and then you can no, it's fine. think of everything else. It's fine. I'll, t- I'll take this mm-hmm. weekend off. No problem. No, no. It's I'll fine. just sit back, it's relax. Good. It's good. It's fine. It is NFL playoffs weekend. Excited about that. Super, super wild card weekend. Super wild card. Did you get you know, did you get involved with DraftKings and FanDuel at all? Like they they offered like the, the no. free money to start gambling. Did you get involved? No, no, no chance. I'm not falling for that. So I did. Okay, <laughs> and I was I was worried because I did have a little bit of a gambling problem back in the day, but you know it was free money. So I got myself in there, dude. I won almost like three hundred dollars. I was pretty pumped nice. about that. Yeah, my friend's a big gambler. He's really into gambling. He's won some decent money off of it. But he's, he's just so annoyed that every time he has to go to fucking New Jersey to do it. So I haven't talked to him yet. So I'm hoping he's probably really excited that he can finally do it from the comfort of his own living room now. Save him a fucking yeah, toll and trip and gas. It's fun. I hear it's fun, yeah. I just found the luck. As you saw it in Vegas, uh, Atlantic City. No, wait, wait, I don't want to talk about Atlantic City. Marcus, we, didn't get, we didn't get too much chance to talk just me and you because we had a Cheyenne, the voice, guest last week. How was your Christmas? Yes. My Christmas. Oh, wow. We're going back that far now? Yeah, I can't even remember. I haven't really... Uh, seen you in uh, weeks christmas is a major yeah, holiday right? christmas man honestly the holidays in general like my wife and i we just laid low pretty much uh we were very cautious about who we were seeing uh you know about vaccinated unvaccinated yada yada and thank god we did because i have to say i follow up with people every single day that's part of my routine okay and i would say God, close to 70, 75% of the people that uh, I follow up with every day, there was everyone was saying, like, oh, I got COVID. Oh, I got COVID. Oh, I got COVID. Or, oh, my family member got COVID. Yeah. Or someone so I live with got COVID. Like, it was going around like crazy, like wildfire. And, like, thank God my wife and I were just really cautious about what we were doing. You know, even New Year's Eve, we just stayed put, stayed in our apartment. What was really fucking annoying is when this COVID thing first came about, everyone's like, oh, it's just the flu. Nothing to worry about. I'm not, I'm not scared of it. It's just like the, it's the flu. And now it's turning into like the flu. I'm like, that sucks. Where it's going to be around forever. Everyone's going to get it now. It's going to be, hopefully by the time it becomes normal. Oh, didn't Fauci just say like, 
he, he's predicting everyone's going to get Omicron? I can't really tell what Fauci said because he's too busy getting attacked by Rand Paul. So <laughs> I don't really know what he said. That was pretty funny, actually. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I was just worried because, like, you know, my wife is pregnant and like her getting COVID. I mean, she, she did catch a cold uh, during Thanksgiving from her aunt, right? It was over. Probably shouldn't have been over when she had a pretty bad cold. And my wife got hit pretty bad with it, you know, because, like, everything's all off. Like, you know, now that she's pregnant, like, everything's a little, a little bit more amplified mm-hmm. here. And so I can only imagine what it would be like for her to get COVID. I don't want to imagine what that's going to be like. I don't know. I don't want to know what's going to do to our baby, you know. So just being really cautious, man. Don't think it has any negative effects towards the baby, but that's could be me just not it, hearing it does. So I uh, was doing some reading, and then like also like some uh, some people were telling me about like some of the dramatic effects it could have for a baby. So I'm much like, okay, yeah, uh, I'm gonna just stick to being um, a loser and not doing much. <laughs> no, so no change. My favorite part about your Christmas was you posted pictures of you getting like baby onesies. Yeah, it's wild. And you announce you're having a girl. You get yes. like, a gr- gr- and to read the comments of like, oh my god, congratulations, from people who clearly don't listen to this podcast, because you you announced it weeks ago. So if, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you would have heard this already. Talk about people in the wrestling world. But you know, you're you're talking about like my personal Facebook page. Like most people that follow me on Facebook are not wrestling. There, fans. there was a couple of wrestlers in our wrestling. There, oh, there were. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I guess you don't listen to the show. <laughs> busted Mark don't worry though plenty, plenty of people do listen to the show changing the subject really I have no transfer from this but let's just get right into it I feel like we have to touch on the subject mm-hmm. it's weird people's connections with, with celebrities okay what a week ago Sidney Poitier passed away yeah and I'm like oh that sucks it's a name I've heard my whole life legendary famous historic actor and I'm like, that sucks trailblazer for sure then he had Betty White pass away, which is more sad because I, I, I have more connection to Betty White. I watched her growing up. She's very funny. Love Betty White. And then there's stuff that punches you in the gut. Bob Saget passed away. I cannot tell you how sad this was. I don't know about you because we're the same kind of generation. Danny Tanner, man. It was shocking. I was so I, sad. I, see, I've never, seen, I've never seen Full House, right? Well, that's but... right because you're too busy with uh, getting French lessons and taking caviar and with a silver spoon in your mouth. <laughs> But, I, you know, I knew what Full House was. I actually watched more so uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Okay, yeah. He's there too, yeah. Yeah, so I, I knew him from that more so. Uh, and then, like, you know, as an adult, you know, you see some more of his uh, adult stuff. That was shocking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad funny. Mad funny, dude. Very weird. But, you know, he was extremely talented and beloved by so many. He's coming out, uh, man. Everyone loved Bob Saget. It's, it's just... This one is really yeah. This no, one is really sad. It, as like out there as he was, just as, in general, like no one had anything bad to say about him. It's sad. It was, there was no foul play, no drugs or anything like that. Right? Thank God, yeah. There's so, a, did he know yet? The front runner is a heart attack or stroke. Sixty-five shit, man. Just the way he because he was flating in bed. He did have like a substance abuse problems in the past, right? Someone else said that. I have no recollection of that, nor has anybody mentioned that. So I don't want to mention that at all because I don't know. I'm assuming maybe I'm like not, 80s I'm old com- sure. comedians did. All right. But uh, right. I don't think it was to the point where he had a problem where he needed uh, 
help. 65, dude. That's so wild to me. So, so wild. And uh, his two two good friends, John Mayer and Jeff Ross, the comedian, went to LAX to pick up his car. Right. And driving back, they did an Instagram Live, which they posted, and I watched it. It was one of those things where John Mayer was saying, you could tell how much he he genuinely loved everybody. Mm. Because everybody would say, oh, you know, my God, you know, Bob loved you. Bob loved you. Oh, my God, I can't tell you how much Bob loved you. Like, what a legacy this man is leaving behind, too. Oh, it sucks. And didn't he just perform or something, like the night before or something like that? Yeah, he he performed in Jacksonville, two-hour set. With uh, B.J. Novak? I, Wasn't B.J. Novak somewhere involved with I'm him, not like... sure I didn't hear that, but probably. Who knows? He got back to... I think he went to a hotel in Orlando from Jacksonville. He got to the hotel room at 2.22 a.m., and the, cause of death, the time of death was 4.22, 4.20-something a.m. So he just died two hours later. It fucking sucks. It's scary. That's fucking crazy, dude. It's nuts. Fucking crazy. Uh, if it's a heart attack, my mother was saying it's a, called a widowmaker heart attack, where it just comes boom out of the blue. Mm. Like my grand, my grandfather had it. A friend's father had it. Where and you just you never know, man. You never know when that your time's up. Oh, isn't that the case with heart with heart attacks in general? Like you, you can't predict when a heart no. attack's going to come. It just it just happens. Yeah. So scary shit, man. It's so scary. The rest in peace, Bob Saget. But this one really really fucking sucks. Yeah. Cheers to Bob Saget. His memory. To um, Betty White and Sidney Poitier. Oh. Is that the three? Is that is that is that it? We're going to end off right Hopefully. there with the three. I think that's because it. this this is this becoming like reminiscent of like what what year was it when the, so many celebrities died? Yeah, it's like uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Prince. No, Prince died. Uh, years. I know what you're talking about. Oh, what year it was? But there was a year where it was just nonstop. Yeah, it was like three was after like three celebrity after, after three celebrity. after three after three. Yeah, like every month was a three. Yeah. Celebrities, watch your back. Yeah, so again, it's, that really that really hit me personally, and it really sucks. Again, it's weird how I never met this guy and uh, people's connections with different celebrities. It's funny. I felt that way with Kobe Bryant, I have to say. Oh, yeah, a lot of people did too, yeah. Yeah, like that hit deep. And Bob Saget apparently was involved in the wrestling community. He was doing a wrestling documentary a couple years ago. I saw about that. With uh, Piper. Yeah, he did a piece about Piper where he's he said it makes sense that Bob was fascinated with wrestling because comedians and wrestlers are both traveling on the road. Yeah, that connection. That's a wild uh, conversation right there. It's like, what is going on here? Like, two people that are just completely, like... Opposites. Yeah. But at the same time, the the same. same. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's two people you never think would ever, ever have a conversation together. And, uh, yeah. He he was an authority figure, an on-air authority figure for some promotion. I'm drawing the blank in the letters. Um, And he had an altercation with John Moxley one time what i didn't know that yeah i saw that clip so he had, he was kind of fascinated with the wrestling world too so it's, he, there's a connection here to this podcast we're not just rambling on but uh yeah man it sucks it's been a rough couple of weeks for celebrities and these deaths but it's yeah, been a, it's been a pretty fascinating week of wrestling i think the first two weeks of the year a lot of good wrestling content so let's move on to see what's trending this week mark talk to me all right my man so someone that doesn't necessarily make a lot of waves on twitter well hmm Maybe a style of commentary sometimes, but he doesn't necessarily get trending. Corey Graves was all over the place on Twitter. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com at Sean Ross Sapp. Corey Graves has been cleared after seven years out of the ring. Fightful Select has learned. That is pretty big. 
fans are all over. We're so happy to hear about this uh, because it's it's funny you see that because I feel like he gets shit on for his commentary. Really, but you know, for those that don't remember, or for those that do remember, like his time his time in NXT, like he was pretty damn good in the ring. Uh, Louis Dangor at the Louis Dangor says this is great news for WWE, the fans, and most importantly, Corey Graves. If he wants to get back into the ring and WWE wants him. He'd be a breath of fresh air. Could he be in the Royal Rumble at this stage? And with the timing of the news, I wouldn't bet against it. Good call there, Louis. Uh, another fan here, Christian um, Maracle at Maracle Man. Let's rewind back to January 2018. Did you ever think back then that Daniel Bryan, Edge, Christian, and Corey Graves would all be cleared to wrestle over the next four years? Great point there, Christian. Christian, by the way, great great Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, that's a good Twitter name, right? <laughs> the miracles of science, man. And not to go into the whole science thing here, because I know there may be vax on vaccine people here talking about the, you know, the validity of the vaccine. But like science in general, like you see wrestlers that like you know years ago having these injuries would they're done, they're not coming back. Yep. And but here we are today. You know, all all of these wrestlers are back in in full blown going. You know, Corey Graves. I don't know what's gonna what's what's in store for him here. What what do you think here, buddy? I didn't know too much about Corey Graves. I know he was. I think just started on commentary. I, I don't know if the pre show was for NXT or just starting on Raw. I forgot when it was. But ESPN did a thirty for thirty on NXT. They following some of the young up and coming talent, and he was one of them. And a moment I'll never forget was when he got the phone call that he couldn't wrestle anymore. He was talking to his wife, and he was very, very naturally distraught, upset. Right. And then not too long after, he got a phone call asking if he wants to do commentary. So he talked about it over his wife and, like, he loves his business. He wants to be a part of his business. And lo and behold, here we are seven years later, a great commentator. I think he's great, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm surprised that you said that because I'd never heard a bad word about him. But I'm sure that everyone says bad shit about everybody. Uh, I mean, yeah, so you kind of take that with a grain of salt. I mean, like, people shit on the absolute greats in wrestling. Yeah, of so There's always somebody. There's always haters out there. Right. Like, I personally, I love the style. Like, I, as I said last week yeah. on, on the podcast, like, I kind of, like, emulated his style a bit when I did commentary at BWF. Uh, later, be like, okay, you know, I should probably do my own thing here. I, I, I love what he did, man. He reminded me of, like, a modern-day Jesse Ventura on, yeah, on, uh, that's on a good commentary. Analogy. It's just weird how all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's been cleared, which means that they don't, I don't, assuming, I'm not assuming they're testing commentators. So this might be something he's been championing for behind the scenes a little bit, right? I think he was, because yeah. I remember, I remember, I don't know if it was an interview or a tweet or whatever it was, uh, after Edge came back, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Graves uh, was talking about like, how he got emotional about that because it gave him hope. Wasn't his thing to, to get back in the ring? It wasn't like it's injury, yeah, it was, injury. It was, it was concussions, right? It was yeah. Well, kind of like kind of like Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson now. Yeah, yeah. I think his also was the neck. Like I don't think I don't think there's anything physically wrong with him. I think it was his is concussions. But again, you can't you can't years, just just say concussions because I've had seven man and concussions. It's oh no, I'm not saying I don't yeah. mean to put it down. I'm just saying I think Edge and Daniel Bryan had physical like neck problem back problems. His, his is just concussions. I don't mean to put concussions down. Because it's more serious than that. If he's cleared, and everyone went crazy several what last month when he won the twenty four seven championship, yeah. Oh, he's he's gotten he got in contact with somebody, got involved. I'm like oh, that could be a good sign. Good for him, man. And 
Going like this is good timing, man. Could be could be uh, back in the Royal Rumble, but you know, not everyone is saying like you know maybe he should be back in the ring. Uh, according to NoDQ.com, WWE and AEW News at NoDQ.com, Booker T thinks Corey Graves should stay retired from being a wrestler. I get where Booker T is coming from because he's doing a great job in commentary. He has a job for life there. One of my favorite moments as a kid that was like, for some reason, it just stuck with me. I was watching the Royal Rumble and I hit listening to the commentary. All of a sudden, I think it was the King's music hits and King just gets off commentary. Sure, yeah. King, does it. Yeah. I think JBL did that as well one time. So I can see Corey Graves doing that. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe not, I would love that. He probably won't last long. Maybe he'll just do a quick couple minutes, maybe eliminate a couple people just to and go back on commentary. Maybe he'll do a part-time commentary, part-time wrestling thing. But I get what Booker T is saying. Yeah, like, he, he, did, he has cemented himself on Raw as part of oh, the yeah. commentary team. Oh. I mean, he's, and I feel, like, I feel like Jimmy Smith still needs it. Yeah, I think so. Still too. needs the help. He needs experience of Corey Graves. Yeah. Yeah, who, you, who exactly? Who you going to replace him with? As much as as um, as I'd love to see Corey Graves back in, in the ring doing what he loves, uh, because seven years is a long time yep. to be gone from doing something you love. Man. Seven years, I, it really same, is. Same amount of time Daniel Bryan was gone too, right? I'm not sorry. Uh, around Edge. that time, uh, Edge I think was a little longer. Okay. I think he was nine years, right? I don't know. I don't so know. I mean, like, you want to see Corey Graves be happy, of course, doing his thing. I I wonder, like. If he's going to go back to the ring full time, if it's going to be here and there, like a Royal Rumble spot or you know a special feud, is that, I mean I, he's thirty, he's thirty seven years old. He's in his prime though, you know. So, so I could see him doing like the Jerry Lawler thing, where he just wrestles here and there and does like maybe gets into a feud because wasn't Jerry Lawler like? Oh, I think he was doing commentary when he's by Hart feud. Lawler was doing commentary and he got into feuds with people and do matches and stuff like that. Um, I'm, this is all, this is nothing but good news. This is awesome, and that's why I mentioned earlier because every time someone gets released. And every time somebody mentions about going somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else, one of your favorite lines is, if they want to. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to pursue other things. You always say that. Right. right. So I'm like, oh, maybe does he Maybe he doesn't want to wrestle full-time. Maybe he just was doing this to see if he can do make a spot at the Rumble. Maybe he wants to do this, maybe brief spots here and there. The same way Edge. Edge, Edge didn't want to go out that way. Daniel Bryan didn't want to go out that way. No. He does not want to go out that way. So I, I, can, I can imagine thinking, uh, going into Corey Graves' mindset and... I'm only speculating here, but, you know, th- thinking um, as a competitor would, like, you know, your time was taken away from you, what yeah. you felt like was too short, especially he was at, what, 30 years old at the point? Like, yeah. he was just, like, he was just, like, getting into it. Honestly, I could see him want to go back full-time. He's a former NFC so, like, champion. For last time. So he's, he's a former champion, which means he's good. He's uh, damn good, yeah. And I'd love to see him back because I, I missed out on him. I didn't watch him back then. Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, there are so many fans that – Probably have no idea that he even wrestled. Yeah. Same thing and also, Jerry, you, you know. Again, I hate to see, keep saying his name, but same thing with Jerry Lawler. When Jerry Lawler started wrestling, a lot of people didn't know, oh, my God, he's a wrestler? With, with all this, though, with all these, these wrestlers coming back from, like, these serious injuries, I mean, look at Nikki, Nikki Bella even. He's getting cleared to come back yeah. for the Royal Rumble. Don't know if that's just a Royal Rumble run or it's going to be leading to something more. Didn't she also just announce a couple weeks ago she's going to retire, not coming back? Swerve? Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it got Paige actually trending for a little bit, too, because people would love to see her back. I mean, she was so damn young. She was trending forced to retire three day, four days in a row. Yeah. Someone on Twitter, uh, a wrestler on Twitter, I forgot who it was offhand, goes, I'm just logging on to see if Paige is still trending. And she was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, God bless her. Paige has a huge fan base, man. And she's still signed by WWE. Yeah. And she's not being used in at any all. What a waste. What a all. fucking waste. 
right? Because she's so good in the mic. She's got a great presence to her. She has an amazing following for, especially for as young as she was, just had an encyclopedia of knowledge of mm-hmm. like wrestling. Which means she's still young because she got injured young. So I'm hoping so too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat. I'll let's see Paige back. But again, everyone's injury is different. I don't know the extent of her injury. There's, there's hope. She has time on her side, man. I mean, look, I mean, we saw on SmackDown, Lita is 47 years old, looks phenomenal. It's kind of have another run here. I mean, like, this is not back in the day where, you know, oh, age is against you. I mean, dude, we have Tom Brady, 45 years old, probably going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Like, Yeah, but they, it, Lita wasn't injured. But we got to see that. I don't know the extent of uh, Paige's injury. Right, but I'm I'm seeing like you know you had Edge oh, that was injured so long ago like you know yeah. he, he now he's finally back after nine years later you know time is on Paige's side I'm not saying she's going to come back tomorrow I'm not even saying she could come back next year but I, I think with, with the miracles of science that we're seeing here I think there is hope for her to eventually maybe one day we're, we're going to hear her music hit and her come out <laughs> congratulations to Corey Graves I'm looking forward to him back in the any capacity part time full time one off. Congratulations to him, man, because it's got to be so, such a boulder off his shoulder. To like, a right, lot of things he can do right now. I can go on my own time, sure. yeah. I can make, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in control of my destiny now. You just hit it right there. That's, I think that's exactly what it is. In other trending news, we had Alexa Bliss was trending. Scott Fishman at SM Fishman. Interesting merch date courtesy of U.S. Bookies. Alexa Bliss Lily Doll is a big draw. Stone Cold Steve Austin still banking. And he puts out the list here of WWE highest grossing merchandise. So number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin Legacy Championship Collector's Title. Really? Right? It's expensive. Yeah. So glad you said that. So that's $850. Estimated sales, about 1,600 of those were sold wow. for estimated earnings of $1.3 million and change. Is there a time span here, does he say, between what point and what point? Or just... It, it's saying uh, highest grossing oh, merchandise. Oh. I'm, I'm assuming... I, I actually don't know. It, it's no timestamp here. Okay. So number two is Alexa Bliss, the Lily plush doll, at twenty nine ninety nine dollars. Twenty eight thousand eight hundred of these were sold mm-hmm. for estimated earnings of eight hundred sixty three thousand and change. And then number three, Stone Cold again, another Skull Championship replica ch- uh, championship at three hundred dollars pop. Twenty eight hundred of those sold at eight hundred thirty nine thousand. Earnings and change. Then number four is the Spinner Belt. Five, the Rock. Six million dollars championship. Seven, John Cena. And then we go down to eight. We see the Bloodline. We the ones. T-shirt. Finally, someone else that is in the current WWE era. I'll say that. Yeah, it's funny. Alexa Bliss, man. That's surprising. That's huge. Patrick Mercier at. P. Mercier 31 says, if you're still wondering why WWE is keeping the current Alexa Bliss character, there's your answer right there. Dirt sheets, wrestling insiders, and IWC whiners can bitch and moan all they want, but this character draws, period. What do you think about this, buddy? Is is P. Mercier correct? Yes or no. Again, I was wondering the time span of this because this whole Lily thing was pretty popular. And we both talked about it. I think it might have been on the show. There was a point, was it her last pay-per-view where they were like, I want to see how the sales of Lily doll does to see if we continue with this character. But then we see Lily doll get written off. Right. I'm like, what's this about? I was wondering the time span of this. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. I don't know. If, I don't, I don't even know if the Lucky Bliss character is coming back because she we, is Monday we, night raw. We saw her. I don't want to bleed into takedown yet, but we saw her on raw, but she's in therapy. 
because she's into every mm-hmm. So when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, so wait, watch this for a couple weeks, and she's going to come back to normal. She'll be cured. But they, again, they brought up the Lily doll again. So who knows anymore? But I'm surprised that Lily doll is a big seller because I think Alexa Bliss was marketable as a goddess. I'm surprised they didn't give her too much merch back then either. But it shows that she can put merch. She's a character. She can do everything. So, Listen, Alexa Bliss is a great talent. She's yeah. solid in the ring. She, We've said before, she's probably the best actor yeah. in wrestling. Uh, she's great with her character work. She draws. She's got a great look to her. And she's a merch pusher. Obviously, look at that, yeah. man. It's great. Like, there's no one else that's even close that's relevant in today's era in wrestling. Yeah, that's huge. To her. The number one guy. The tribal chief. The big dog. Roman Reigns. Eighth. Not even close. Nope. Not even That's close. Huge. That has to speak volumes here, man. If, if you're looking at stuff like that, right? And you have to look at this as a business because uh, Nick Khan is a numbers guy, right? Yeah. You look at this. Yes, you, you're going to keep Alexa Bliss in your character for sure. You got to give her a push. Yep. She's got she's to gotta win the win the Royal Rumble, win the Chamber match, whatever it is. She's got to be at WrestleMania for, for a championship opportunity and possibly even win it. Can you imagine when she wins the championship? Can you imagine the type of merch you could do with that championship? That'll probably be the first women's championship that they could do some sort of like offshoot design of. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I just felt like not only personally, but I think the crowd and online reaction was the character was kind of getting a little stale, especially when the fiend left. But so I they guess don't care that about, goes. To they sh- don't care about our reaction. They care about the money. And if she's mer- if she's pushing merch. I'm wrong about the therapy thing. We'll see her back, like you said, soon. It's funny you say that, and and I, I think the same thing. It's like you know, I see on Twitter all the time, like, oh, you're you're in the my in a majority here about wanting the goddess to come back. Yeah, you know, a lot of people on Twitter like they feel the same way. But obviously, I mean, people are buying these are real numbers. People mm-hmm. are buying this, so they're 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 into this current version of Alexa Bliss. I, I I'm a fan personally. Uh, I have not bought a Lily doll, but like, you know, it, it's 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 what's funny that to see. You? Like, what's that behind you? What? Is that is that Lily? Yeah. But no, I mean, like, it, it's funny. I, I guess it goes to show, like, the Twitter comments don't necessarily match up sometimes to the reality of things. But also, I, I'm assuming, I mean, I could be totally wrong here. Not many adults are going to buy Lily dolls. It seems like every time I saw a, a little doll in the crowd, it was with a kid. Yeah, is the kid buying that? No, it's the adult. No, buying yeah, but for the, the for the kid, right? So now that Lily's gone, do you keep pushing this doll? Is Lily gone? We we don't really know if Lily's completely gone. It seemed like she was kind of done, but like bless with her powers, who knows what's going to happen? Money, money Dude, talks. This, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought her back. This can but go they, so many different ways. If they bring Lily back, what was the point of it? Charlotte Flair destroying her in the first place. So, just to write her off, I guess? Who knows? Now we're going to spin off into a different conversation, but... Yeah, I mean, can we really get inside the head of creatives at WWE? They don't even know what the fuck they're doing sometimes. It was really fascinating. It was great numbers. It was good for her. Again, I was a big fan of Lily, but people were, and it moved. Congratulations. You know what? To to stay on this conversation real fast, uh, Kevin Wood, who's a friend of the show here, he texted me initially about this, actually. So he says, so Stone Cold was the highest-selling WWE guy of 2021. Alexa Bliss was somewhat surprisingly number two. Not sure how I feel about that. Like, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a knock against the current company or a tribute to Austin. What do you think about that? It's a very good question, because I was just thinking of that. As you were mentioning it, 
that there's no current superstar in the top 10 outside Roman Reigns. And I, sometimes I'll check. And the, Alexa Bliss. Besides her. I'll, sometimes I'll check WShop.com to see what's going on. There hasn't been that much merchandise being pushed. Mm-hmm. That also means there's like not that many top guys anymore. Like Bobby Lashley doesn't have a shirt. No. Big E doesn't have a shirt. Well, he has an A shirt, but they're not, he's, he doesn't wear it. It's not, he's not they're pushing it. Drew McIntyre doesn't really have a shirt that he wears. They're not really push, pushing merchandise on TV like they used to back in the day. Except right. Lily Doll. So it's very interesting. I wonder. I wonder why that is. Is is just merch not a thing anymore? You think or is it the fact just, that yeah. it seems like to be a huge thing? Or is it the fact that like, you know, like what was the point if like not many people are going to the arenas during the Thunderdome? So maybe they stopped. True. Maybe it's maybe it's also like, um, you know, things are backed up in production as far as like you know producing new. Uh, you can't get stuff in the shelves anymore, yada yada. I mean, like the whole inflation thing like that that could also be a play here. Yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar doesn't wear a shirt. You know, these guys don't wear their shirts to the ring anymore. Seth Rollins, I don't see a Seth Rollins shirt. Maybe it's maybe it is actually like a real back in the day world yeah. problem. Actually, right maybe. Now. maybe maybe it could be inflation. Like the inflation back up chain. The, the supply chain. Thank you. That's what I was trying to get at here. Like, be a huge you know, thing. Yeah, that's true. That could be an issue. So we'll see what happens in the, in the upcoming year in 2022 if they had to change that. Because obviously the bloodline is doing that. Obviously they're always wearing the bloodline shirt. Romans is always wearing Those his great shirts. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, maybe that might be uh, the beginning of a new infusion of merchandise. We'll see maybe because that, that's just like easy money for them. Totally easy money. Yeah. I'm surprised. Right? They didn't, remember they had the foam fingers for Hogan with the finger. They had the foam fingers of also with the middle finger. Right. So I'm, I, was, I was surprised they didn't have like foam swords for uh, Drew McIntyre. I'm waiting for the, the foam fingers for the ones for the Roman Reigns. Boom! Bloodline. There you go. Yo, Putty, get involved here with yeah, WWE. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of merch I have in my head that I'm surprised I'm not He's seeing. He's got ideas, man. This is a, he's an idea man. Yeah, surprised, right? I got some stuff going up in there. <laughs> he's not just a pretty face, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But moving on to other trending news here. John Moxley was making some waves, not only just because of his appearance on WWE uh, through the cameos of the videos from The Shield, but for other reasons, actually. So NoDQ.com, WWE and AEW News at NoDQ.com. John Moxley's return to the ring officially confirmed. There have been rumors about this. People have been wanting to see John Moxley come back. We were wondering. Roy Rumble? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Check this out, man. <laughs> GCW made the announcement. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Okay. The, the world on GCW, John Moxley versus Homicide on January 23rd. It's going to be streaming live on Fight TV. That is big, man. But, you know, some people are kind of bummed out about this. Jack Cassidy, at Real Jack Cassidy, a fan here, kind of bummed GCW spoiled the Moxley return for AEW. I'm glad he's coming back and doing well, though. Hashtag AEW Rampage. Do you think uh, – so this this was interesting. This made me think here because AEW Impact, you know, they, they kind of have this um, – they kind of have this relationship with the indies, right? Yeah. Where, where, they, where they let the talent do the thing. Respect mm-hmm. to that, by the way. But could that be a problem here? Like, you know, if like John Moxley's an AEW guy, shouldn't AEW be the one to make that announcement or let that be a surprise? Did GCW kind of spoil that for AEW, do you think? No, I didn't think about that at all. I don't think so. 
GCW is probably the, one of the biggest indies. I can, I can call them indies companies in the I mean, business right now. They're technically indies. Technically, but yeah, yeah, I mean they, they're, they're huge. Yeah, with that thing going on with Matt Cardone and everything like that. Isn't isn't he the champion though? Isn't John Moxley the champion? I I don't follow GCW as closely as I probably should, uh, admittedly. So I don't know about that. I think he was the champion. I don't know who he was the champ. Oh yeah, I think I he, think he he, he, he was at one point a champion. I don't know if he still is though. Yeah, he he got the belt off uh, Matt Cardona. If yeah, he I think Matt Cardona lost it and Moxley won it that night. But he is the champion. Got it. Okay. Okay. Everyone's ever a lot of people have eyes on GCW. It's, okay, it's a huge deal now. We're probably one of the biggest indie promotions out there. You got to promote your champion coming back. You like to draw tickets, draw buys, draw viewers, and going against Homicide. Oh, that's a great match. Oh, I, I understand completely why GCW did it. For sure. Yeah. I completely get that. But I'm saying, do you think that this relationship that the AEW allows the talent to have with all the indies out there, uh, do you think that kind of like that hurts them from like you know doing no. any type of surprise like this or whatever? You no, know? I don't think so at all. I think it's good for you guys. Congratulations. Yes. And uh, when you're ready, when you're ready to come back to AEW, which is a different horse, come back. Maybe they don't want to announce him coming back. Maybe they do want to keep it secret. This I mean, the secret's out. I mean, GCW, no, it, GCW doesn't do that many shows. I think they do what one every month, maybe every couple months. Have him defend the championship. Yes. Or maybe he drops it to homicide and goes back. Maybe he's not ready to go to hit the road yet. Maybe he's not ready to do stuff yet. Because AW is a grind. I mean, it's only one day a week, but it's traveling week in and week out. So I, I don't. I think it's totally night and day. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't even think about the correlation with AEW. I think once he comes back to AEW, it'll be a huge deal. Once he's ready to come back to AEW, maybe he's not ready. I mean, the, you're, you're right about that. There's no doubt. Like, even though the cat is out of the bag here, that you know John Moxley's out of rehab, he's good to go, cleared. You know, when he comes back to AEW. I mean, it could even be that Wednesday afterwards. It could even be this coming Wednesday. Like, you know, people are going to pop. Also, you don't want to bring him back just to bring him back. You want to bring him back at the right moment. So maybe wait a couple yeah. weeks until the right storyline opens up. Because AEW is kind of packed right now. AEW is pretty packed. Yeah, you're right. So let's uh, wait you know, for it. Yeah. Don't just, don't just bring him Moxley, back to bring him back. John Moxley does have that star power where he could just, he could insert himself into you know, the storyline here, though. Totally agree. For sure. And what, by what the way, right? this this is not me being cynical or like, you know anything against C, uh, GCW or AEW. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Honestly, I am happy for John Moxley. Kudos to him to be in a better place right now to come back to wrestling. That's all I have for trending. Uh, for what's trending here, buddy? Up next, actually, I do have an interview today with Ray Lynn. She is one half. Of the BFT's Blonde Force Trauma. She's also the number one contender for the BCW Tag Team Championships against my boys, the East Coast Syndicate. Ray Lynn, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm the first one. I feel honored. First one of 2022. That's the right year, right? Um, I, yeah. <laughs> looking behind like so many years now. <laughs> right, right. COVID years, I think that we're on like 10 years now. It feels like it. <laughs> it's like dog ears, whatever. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Raylan, I've been following your career for quite a bit. Uh, you've been crushing it. Uh, as a singles competitor, I understand you are the MCW Women's Champion. I am. Uh, I also I know you... don't remember when I got that, but I've had it for a couple months. <laughs> and your tag team partner, Heather Monroe, she's also Memphis Women's Champion. So both of you guys... Singles competitors, 
doing a killer job. But now yeah. coming together as a tag team, how long has the tag team now? How long has Blanc wish trauma been a thing? So we like joke about this a lot, right? Because we always we lost all of our matches all the time. We were always like the go-to losing in singles so then we started winning matches and we're like hey let's get together now you know let's let's combine forces it's gonna be great and now we like lose all the time but that's not gonna happen this time because we need to get some gold around these waist so that people start going for bft well you know we have some similarities here east coast syndicate they've been underdogs for quite a bit always killer tag team not just saying that because they're my boys not or my clients uh, but, you know, they're the underdogs, and we had to go through a tournament at BCW to become the first ever BCW Tag Team Champions, and we kicked some serious ass to become the first time ever. And now we have the first time ever title defense against you guys because we won and during a pandemic. Oh, fine. <laughs> That's uh, different. Everything's so different right now, right? So Everything's so, so different. I had a belt for a year, defended it one time, you know? <laughs> Then here we are as well, doing the same thing. So paths, <laughs> paths pretty similar here. I, I also understand you guys, you and Heather Monroe, you guys, uh, you battled it out before. We did. We feuded. It's kind of funny. I moved to L.A. and she lived there. And everyone kept saying, oh, you and her are so similar. You're so much alike. And I'm like, this bitch, who's she? So when I meet her and I'm like, oh, we really are similar. And we really are a lot alike. But we had to definitely, like, we were battling to see who had the right to twerk. I won. Yes. I won that right. Now neither one of us twerk. So <laughs> so then how did that come to be? I'm curious. Because, yeah, you guys have similar vibes. It seems like you guys vibe very well together. Uh, what made you guys go from, like, yeah, we're going to fight each other to, hey, we should team up? I think initially when we met, we're like, well, why are we so much alike? Like, you're like, are you copying me? Are you copying me? But there's literally no way that was even possible. I was on the East Coast. She was on the West Coast. We had never heard of each other. And we just went out and had beers one day and huh. realized that we really were after our whole battle. And we we did these like ridiculous promos for the shows too. And we just clicked. We clicked so well. But she had a tag partner at the time and I was tagging with other people as well. So it just didn't work. And I would say around August, I messaged her and I said, hey, um, I don't know. I, I think I just ran into her somewhere and I sent her a long message saying, just, will you be my tag partner? Like, it just makes sense. We make sense. Let's make this work. And she came up to Pittsburgh and we filmed some promos and we did some photo shoots and we had our first tag match. We had so much fun. And we, that, that's the thing. Like, I want wrestling to be fun and I, I, I enjoy it. And it's something that we're both very passionate about. So we both have that same vibe. And it just, we just, we mix. We go together like peanut butter and jelly. We really do. So how did that vibe like work? Because you guys started tag teaming during a pandemic, right? So obviously yeah. very difficult to uh, start off as a team and build chemistry. Because chemistry takes quite a bit to develop as a tag team. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you how do you feel like you built that with Heather? Well, like I said, she came up here to Pittsburgh, so we trained together. We had worked together in the past. We know each other, and it's our chemistry is like undeniable. Like whenever we're just hanging out, we never shut up. We talk the whole time. We have so much fun together, and we just have that natural chemistry. Um, the ring stuff, we're still you know 
it'll be crisp. It'll get crisper the more we get to tag together. And we had we tagged a lot through October and November. We had a ton of matches together. And then we were, we were like messaging each other the other day. I'm like, I haven't seen you in three weeks. What's wrong? <laughs> uh, but yeah, just getting booked together. And that's really all we need to do is just keep tagging, keep getting booked. And the chemistry will just keep getting better and better and better. And we already have the natural chemistry. So we have a baseline that's good. It seems it because... Yeah, it's it's one thing because you see sometimes tag teams are just kind of like thrown together or there's like a business relationship. So often. Yeah. So often. It, it seems like you two, you and Heather have a, such like a natural bond. It, it, you would swear like you two are like sisters pretty much at this point. It's, it's, yeah. funny, it's funny to think that you are such like a, a new tag team and the branding behind it too. I have to say as a branding guy, top notch. Thank you. BFT, Blonde Force Trauma, hell of a name. You guys are in sync with your wardrobe, with your with your entrances, with your move set already. It, it, it's it's all very natural there. And that's the thing. It it's not force. It's not like, hey, uh, we got extra girls, so we're just gonna put you all in a match together. You two are gonna tag you two. Yeah. You know, it's that happens so often. And women's tag is a thing now. It's an actual thing. So having a partner that I trust and having a partner that I vibe with, having someone that I love to travel with, I know I'm going to have a good time. It's never going to be any drama. That's, that's it. That's what you look for in a tag partner. So as a singles competitor, because you, you obviously both are very accomplished. Like, why tag teams though? Like why, why go, not to diminish tag team division because tag team is great wrestling, but like you, you have done so much as a singles competitor. Why, uh, why form a team with someone? So this might sound a little, I don't know. We both feel like we were getting kind of stagnant in our singles. Like we've both done everything. We've both traveled the world. We've both wrestled for every top company there is, but yet neither one of us are signed. So we're thinking maybe what the other person has might be what the other person is missing. And maybe we can complete each other as well-rounded performers. Is what mm, we're okay. Okay. Strategic thinking here. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like it a lot. So that leads me to this here. Uh, you have, you're not a stranger to tag team competition. Not, you've, no. you've had a few partners. Last time you were in BCW, actually, uh, you had some sort of alliance, if you will, with Brandy Lauren. I love Brandy. I love her. I was so, I, I didn't know her until that day, but she's another one that I just bonded with. I was like, okay, we're still sisters right off the bat. And so... I mean, she, she's not the only one. You, you've had uh, tag team uh, partners before in the past. How is this different, uh, your relationship with Heather, uh, compared to the other partners that you've had in the past? Not to bury anyone here, but like, oh. just to see how is this different? So I've loved every single tag per- partner I've had. Uh, Karen Q, we did a kind of like, can't get along thing. But in reality, like we loved working together and it was a lot of fun. And I tagged with Marty Bell. Uh, we were twerk team. We were the original twerk team. And that's kind of funny because Heather was the killer bay with Laura James. And our tag teams were so similar. And we even had the same entrance music we found out later uh-huh. on. East and West Coast. Just we never would have known, especially because YouTube wasn't super big around this time, right? Right. Or matches weren't getting put on there, at least. So it's just really funny. Um, I love Marty Bell. I can't, I can't wait for Heather and I to wrestle the Hex. Yes. So, uh, Marty Bell's one of the partners. Love her. Uh, Alicia Edwards. I tagged with her on WOW. She's 
amazing. She's definitely one of my sisters. I love her so much. She's amazing. I just, I don't think I've had a bad tag partner ever, but Heather and I do have a little bit more of a bond, I think. We definitely are on the same wavelength with a lot of things. Not that I wasn't with my other partners, but everyone's kind of doing their own thing now too. Like Karen got signed to WWE. Uh, Lisha's doing her thing at Impact. And Marty is in the hex with her best friend, Allison Kay. So so it's just, it's cool. All right. So it seems like whoever you bond with, they go on to do other things here. Uh, they go up the ladder. Yeah. How does that make you feel though? Because you mentioned before about being unsigned, you know, you are very talented in your own right that, you know, you very well could be signed to a promotion as well. I think you should be uh, to see your partners go, not to see there would be a jealousy factor, but like, does that push you anymore? Does that light a fire? There's always, I have been an underdog since day one. When I started wrestling, I was 95 pounds. I was a small girl. Oh, wow. I was always getting my ass kicked. I lost every single match for three years. And I think when I really realized like what I needed to do, I went to a rise shimmer taping and I saw how badass these women were. And it just made me want to work so much harder. So I wouldn't say there's jealousy with any of that. I love all of them and I'm really proud of what they do. I think my journey is just going to take me a little bit longer. Like I said, I've always been the underdog. I wasn't naturally athletic. I'm not naturally gifted as a wrestler. I've had to work so hard for everything I've done and it's just going to be a longer journey. And if it happens for me, it happens for me. If it doesn't, I've done some really cool things along the way. As you mentioned, you, you've traveled around the world. You've won championships. You've faced some major stars here, uh, create some star power in your own right. Hey, listen, no disrespect. I dig it. You, Heather Monroe, again, you guys have uh, quite the accolades in the ring, outside the ring, creating a brand for yourself. I completely dig it. All respect in the world. Now we're going to get to some business here. So right. BCW Queen of the North 3 sure. was January 21st, now moved over to March 19th due to COVID reasons. Respect there as well. What I don't understand here, and I, I, I've said this on social media, talked about, hey, marquee match, hell of a match. You guys are our first opponents uh, defending the tag team championship here. We love it. We love the matchup. What we don't dig is how the match was set. You and AJ Pan. I want to yeah. I want to I know once and for all what's the relationship there. So AJ was my agent or my my agent manager at the first time I came to BCW and he helped me get to the finals. Yeah. He yeah. Did. <laughs> <laughs> he did help you With get to the finals. With his great coaching. Is he still your agent? I guess we'll have to wait and see on March 19th. Oh, come on now. Come but on I think now. So. I think yes. I mean, if someone has proven their results, you're going to keep them, right? I understand promises were made as well at Queen of the North too, that Asia Japan to quote is uh, fulfilling a promise here to you. This is why you have the matchup here. Oh yeah. He promised me a title. He didn't say which one. <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. <laughs> I see how this is working now. And I was right. My gut instinct was right. So with that being said, I guess I will have to make an appearance there at Queen and North 3. I have to be with my boys to make sure AJ Pan stays out. This is make sure this match goes down the line here. Oh, uh, it's always fair when Heather and I are in the ring. Right down the middle, we're so fair. Hey, listen, we would never cheat. We never lie. And listen, respect to you guys. Respect to you both. It's AJ I don't trust. You can tell me all you want. And would a cheater really say that anyway too? Oh, you can trust me. <laughs> trust me? Look at that smile. It says it all. 
<laughs> why AJ Pan? Now, why do you need him? You don't need him. Uh, I mean, he's done some things for me, so I'll keep him around. Oh, boy. All right. All right. So BCW Tag Team Championships, it's the first title of defense here, as I mentioned. What would it mean to you and Heather becoming the new BCW Tag Team Champions if it does happen? Like I said, we need to prove ourselves as a tag team. We need to win some belts. We need to, like, back up who we are with some belts, some wins. So... So with some wins, you, you expect the first big win here to be against ECS. Yeah, I actually expected our first big win like last time we tagged, but it didn't pan out that way. Well, Raylan, no disrespect. You guys are good, but you're not that good there. ECS, there are the tag team champions for a reason. They are hungry. They are on fire. Pandemic or not, they're going to continue the momentum where they left off becoming hashtag and still bcw tag team champions we'll see about respectfully. that we'll see. respectfully we'll see. but raylan thank you for joining the show for shot of wrestling where can they find you on social media uh you can find me on instagram at raystar5 and you can find me on twitter at ray underscore lynn on all of those my link trees on there so you can find my big cartel and any other kind of social media you want to find would be on those sounds good and raylan thank you for joining us we will see you on march 19th queen in the north three Bye. it's time for this week's tv takedown all right welcome back thank you raylan for your time I apologize for my co-host being an absolute disrespectful asshole to you. Blonde Force Trauma is a dominant tag team. You uh, you don't de- deserve that. What Mark, that clearly, Mark, when you do interviews with people, you should not be biased. You should not. You should be professional. And clearly your bias showed here. And I apologize to Raylan for your disrespect. Listen, as I said, I was going behind enemy lines here. We stated the fact that, listen, my team is facing her team. It's a big marquee match for the BCW Tag Team Championship. Yeah. I mean, on, it, on the it, show, but you're you're it, you're representative of the shot of wrestling now, not East Coast Syndicate. You should be more professional. Oh, I don't, no, no. I it, it, there's no blending. There's no, you know, just is this or that. It's it, it's all the same. It's all the same. No, I'm it's the not. Same person. You, you're you're you're, you're a dick, and I apologize. To, apologize to her. Apologize to AJ Pan. I did keep the respect there with her. I did say I respect her. I respect Heather Monroe. Nothing but respect and love there. But the thing is. It's just I just question the motives behind AJ Pan, and you know things have been confirmed for me, and that's why I I will be there with Chris Barton and Dominic De Niro with my boys back in action. What is up? Do you know why? Do you know why I like Blonde Force Trauma? I mean, I because it never stolen my jacket, an expensive jacket. I kindly lent to your boy, the Bushwick Beast, Chris Barton, and never got it back. No, I mean. Not for nothing. But I made a comment on one of the social media. You ever think you were going to get it back? Yes. I'm a nice person. But now I learned my lesson. Really? I'm gullible. You're gullible. You're, gu- you're absolutely gullible. I made a comment. So I made a we, comment. We take jackets. What we do, that's what we do. I made a comment on one of their pages, and uh, Dominic De Niro goes, We also take jackets. I'm like, I have no comeback from that. <laughs> can I send you an invoice? Can I send you an invoice? Uh, but anyway, moving on. Thank you, Ray Lynn, for your time. Good luck against the East Coast Syndicate. Yes, good luck, because you're going to need it. You and Heather Monroe, you're going to need it. 
because not for nothing. I mean, you brand yourselves really well. You're a great team and all, but you, they, she said herself, they haven't had that big win yet, and they expect to just waltz on in to BCW just because they have a relationship with the governor and get the win on East Coast Syndicate. We fought too hard for too long to get to this point to become the inaugural BCW Tag Team Champions, and we're not going to go down without a fight. There is no way in hell. Mark, what was your TV take down this week? This is going to surprise you, buddy. Okay. It's going to surprise you because I am going with Impact, my man. Okay, talk about it. Let's do this. So Impact, they've been like making a lot of noise in 2022, I'll have to say. You know, right off the bat, you know, we're here you know, casually on SmackDown. Impact, knockout champions. Mickey James going to be the Royal Rumble. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Did, did, what? I, I just woke up now. Did, did I hear that right? <laughs> then they had Hard to Kill. Mickey James, Deanna Prato. Those ladies, they crushed it. Hell of a main event. Good for them. And we were curious to see if Mickey James would retain. And as we kind of predicted, they're going thinking about business-wise. Right call. Uh, yes, she retained, and that makes sense. Right call. But they made it up to Deanna Barrazzo and Impact, having her with a phenomenal match with Roxy, the ROH at that time, women's champion. Now Deanna Barrazzo is the champion of Ring of Honor. But we also saw Ring of Honor completely invading Impact. And it just, I don't know, man, like, I'm digging what Impact is doing. I'm digging the relationships that they have with AEW, New Japan, ROH, and now WWE, apparently. Uh, you know, they're, they're like wide open for business. And I'm very curious to see like how they manage going forward with all these relationships and what it does for their brand. Uh, if it brings more eyes to them, if they want to grow. Because honestly, I mean, Access TV, not the best uh, TV programming in the world. Nope. But, uh, you know, I mean, they're playing it smart. I think they recognize that, that they're not going to get initial viewers just off what they're doing, that they need help there. They need to piggyback off, off other audiences here. And I think it's a smart plan. They're very self-aware of who they are Hell yeah, uh, as a business, as a promotion. And they have phenomenal talent, and they keep on bringing these uh, other type of talents here with all these for- forbidden doors open. Like every single door they have right now is open. Every single door. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, and the windows. It's I think some windows are open too. Yeah, some windows are open as well. The skylight is open. Like, everything's open. I think I talked about it a while ago. Uh, a lot of people give Tony Khan credit for opening the Forbidden Door. But I don't think Impact gets enough credit because before Impact, they air old pay-per-views. But going back to the 09s, the early 10s, the 11s, uh, the 11s, 2011, 2012, Impact has relationships with the New Japan, other promotions, NOAA. So their quote-unquote forbidden door has always been open. They've always been open for business. This is nothing new for Impact. They've been always willing to work with other promotions. Again, something I don't think they get enough credit for. But this, man, this Ring of Honor, I was watching the pay-per-view myself. This is awesome, and I love how they're dividing it. Because you had Roxy defending her championship. You had Jonathan Grisham defending his championship. And they had the Ring of Honor commentating. They had the Ring of Honor ring announcer. And they're always constantly on the pay-per-view and on Impact this past week mentioning... This invasion has nothing to do with Ring of Honor. They're going rogue. They have nothing to do with Ring of Honor. They have nothing to do with Baltimore. We have no control over these guys. So doing a nice job differentiating between Ring of Honor and this quote-unquote invasion of PCO and the Bennett's and Walter. Oh, apparently you said PCO. I think PCO is now signed with Impact. He just signed, yes. That's huge, huge for them. And PCO, I mean, he's been on a tear for years now. Uh, He's like a fine wine, getting better with age. The Tom Brady of wrestling, yes, if right. you will. 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, good for him. We were signing a deal with Impact there. I think that's a huge get. Huge, yeah. This is they're doing a great job, man. Especially bringing them on with their, their um, hiatus they're on now. What they did on Hard to Kill was like, oh my god, what's this? And then on Impact, they immediately made this huge splash by taking out D'Lo Brown. Yeah, taking out Matthew Raywalt and everyone who came out to save him. Impact's doing a great job with this Ring of Honor invasion, and it's only been week one, so they really are. They're, they're, quick, giving, but they're, they're giving a great, a great shine. They're giving a great shine to Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor never really had TV programming to to you know really um, maximize the star power of the, the talent that they have there, and they, they have phenomenal talent. They've had phenomenal talent for years. Yeah, uh, you know a lot, of, a lot of which I mean we're seeing now in WWE and AEW. Uh, so like you know they they've had talent, but they just never had. They never had the marketing. They've never had the the TV deals or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, I for one, I've I've never really sat down and watched an ROH show from beginning to end. I've seen plenty of clips online. I understand, like you know, who these you know, talents are. You know, them, I, yeah. I, I know, yeah, I know them. I know because like you know, they do their own jobs as far as marketing themselves and branding themselves. So respect, but this is the first time really seeing what they're doing on a grander scale. And I, and if ROH does come back, I mean, I think this only helps them. Yeah, the rumor to come back in around April, not shutting down, taking a brief hiatus. They're they're standing firm in that. Yes. Yeah, so, who knows if that's true or not? But their partnership with Impact so far, one weekend, keeping the Ring of Honor name alive to help them Absolutely. through this hiatus, it's really fantastic. Again, this rogue group is different from the championship they have. They're doing a great job. It's so far, Impact is fucking killing it, man. Can I say? I feel like we've done this time and time again on this show. Deanna Parazza, fucking hell of a talent. Yes. Back to back, like five star matches, I would say. With her and Mickey James at Hard to Kill. And then her match with Roxy was, was just lights out. See, I watched that match and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match because back to the story they told with it. Yeah. But then I read reviews. A lot of people weren't too fond of it because there are a lot of awkward spots look maybe a botch here and there i'm like oh stop with the botches man Shawn michaels undertaker had botches in wrestlemania 25 and that was one of the best matches i've ever seen in my life again i think you'd be too critical exactly just the story they told outside maybe some of the moves didn't go as fluid as we expected them to but the story they told was fantastic and i I really thoroughly enjoyed that match i was surprised to hear that the criticism from that match. You know, one thing like, I'm not I'm not necessarily a Jim Cornette guy, but one thing I will agree with him on that he said before in the past: if it looks so fluid, it, it's going to be looking like more like a dance. You want it to be a little mm, bit true. like your point. Uh, you you want it to appear like a fight. It's not so choreographed, and that's exactly what it felt like. It, it, it was a fight. Yes. It was weird because I didn't know the Texas Texas Death Match rules. I never heard of one before, actually. So I think right off the bat, one of them got a uh, pinfall. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? But it was a last man standing match. Basically, you, you have to enter a ten count, but the ten count could only be initiated after a pinfall or submission. Right. So that, I thought it was re- really different. It was interesting. So I thought it was. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, props to both women. Main eventing the Impact pay per view. I don't main know, eventing. I, I don't remember last time that happened. And and then with the uh, with Roxy as well, man. I mean, yeah. like Ro- Roxy. I mean, I've heard a lot of great things about uh, that. She's a rising star here. She's only like twenty. Twenty. She's not even twenty one yet. Same thing with Cora J. That's wild. Not even twenty one, dude. Dude, she is a fucking star in the making. 
It's weird because I, when I read star. that, you were going off. You were going off on Ray Ripley. Man, this woman's a talent. She's only 23 years old. Roxy has three years on her. Right. It's amazing the future she has. It's so bright. Yeah. It's so bright, man. And like they had such great chemistry in that ring together. They told a story. They told a story very well in that ring. And again, I mean, like, Deanna Prasso took a fucking beating from Ricky James just a few days before. You know, I mean, that was, that was a hard part the match. day before. It's, it's, it props to her. She's probably the, the best. Right, the, the day before. So, right. So the day before. So you're right. Then the next day, because these, these are taped, the next day she goes in and puts on a stellar match again, back to back. Deanna Prasso, man, like, WWE made a mistake with her, I think. Or, or maybe this just lit a fire under her ass when they released her because, like, I don't think I don't think she has any interest in ever going back to WWE again. I can't blame her. It's funny you mention that because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, what a waste of talent they did on her. But they would have wasted her on the E. So she's better off where she is now. Someone was saying like, uh, on, on, I can't find the tweet right now, but on Twitter, like they were saying like uh, how Deanna Peraza could be another surprise entry possibly. In a Royal Rumble, okay. and have a face-off with Mickey James in there. Tiana Prado quote retweeted that and said, "Um, no." So th- th- that goes to show her feelings about WWE in general. She doesn't need them. Take care of coming here. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. She's better. Off. I think she recognized that a one-off appearance in the Rumble would be huge for her. But again, she does not need that. No, and I don't think they would offer it to her because they don't want to incorporate other storylines in their show. True. So. But you know, I mean, this this is my takedown general impact. I, I really am looking forward to see what they're doing next and how they grow. I think this I think this is a big year for them. I think they're they're hitting off the year strong. Do you know why? And what do you mean? This is their twentieth anniversary. This is a huge year for them. This is their twentieth oh. anniversary year. So I'm I did not know that. I'm expecting huge things from them from this year. I mean, already, yeah, phenomenal job. 14, 14 days into the new year. Great pay-per-view, great impact. They're they're killing it. I'm so excited about impact right now. And you know, I mean, not for nothing. Moose is making a lot of waves too. He wants that match with Roman Reigns. Yeah, imagine that'd be fucking awesome. So I, I I'm I'm very curious to see. It seems like uh, John Laurinaitis, as I understand, John Laurinaitis reached out to Scott uh, Scott Demore. Scott Demore, yeah. Again, and so to work this over, out, impact always open for business. They'd never shot about that. The timing was right. The agreement was right, so this works out perfectly for both parties. And as I understand it, WWE does have plans for a huge surprise for the Men's Royal Rumble, a for, forbidden door uh, type of deal here. Uh, could that be Moose? Could that be someone from Impact? Could it be someone from AEW? Could it be uh, – who knows what that's going to be here? Uh, so it seems like – it's interesting that this came from John Laurinaitis that reached out to Impact. Yeah. If it's another Impact star, do – if this relationship with Mickey James goes well here to Royal Rumble, if it draws the numbers they want to draw, like it does make them think like they could play some more. You know, it could, could they give Moose and Roman Reigns? Who knows, man? Uh, either way, I think this is great for Impact. See, I've read that too, and I don't, I don't see any name on Impact roster as a surprise entrance getting a huge reaction outside Matt Cardona because he's well established. But Matt Cardona will not do that. But I don't see him coming back for that. Which leads right. us to AEW, who the report came out that AEW and WWE are going to start working together for projects for the network and documentaries. Because half AEW's roster is former WWE guys. Right. So could that lead to an AEW member entering the Royal Rumble? Jericho. 
was like the, the most logical choice. So I started wondering who, 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 what? Because I'm about the reaction. I would love to see Moose in the Rumble. I think it would hurt them because I don't. He's not going to win, obviously. So I don't know how that feels about their champion getting eliminated. But I also don't think Moose would get a big, huge reaction in that huge stadium. Who would get a huge reaction? Chris Jericho, Moxley. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, and Sting are the only. And Daniel Bryan are the five names that came about. Of those names, I don't see three of them coming in. So you you think it would have to be like a WWE original, not necessarily an AEW original. It have to. It would have to be somebody who was formerly in WWE. Yes, unless MJF, but I do not see that happening. Oh my god, they they would be. AEW would be out of their minds to let MJF do that, especially if his contract is going to be coming up and he's already teasing about the idea of going to WWE. There's no I way. I would not let him play with it, WWE. There's no way he goes to WWE. I think he's going to, think he's going to be an AEW lifer, like Warlow just came out. He announced he's going to stay with AEW for life. But storyline-wise, with his feud with CM Punk, I think that would make a lot of sense if it was MJF. Hmm. But I don't think the partnership WWE-AEW is that close. No. But uh, Chris Jericho's done it before. He came on Stone Cold Show. I think that's the most logical one, man. I think yeah. that would get a huge pop. There's no, there's absolutely zero animosity with Daniel Bryan. I could see him doing a quick off. Especially he's, I mean, his wife is, his wife is going to be there. Yeah, and he's done a great job in Rumbles in the past. Sting's a legend. I don't believe there's any animosity with Sting the way he left. I think everything that's open as well. But again, I don't think it's going to be an AEW person because I don't think that relationship's that tight yet. Let's just start with the, let's start with the documentaries. Let's start with film footage and libraries. I'm curious, Christian. man. I'm just curious, and that what leads me to Christian, the obvious choice. He did right. it last year. That was his big comeback. Can we see him come back two years in a row? Because he's not really doing anything in AEW right now. He's the cheerleader for the Jurassic Express, whatever it's called. So, Christian, Christian's my top pick. Watch, right we're completely wrong. It's going to be a big, uh, big show or Mark Henry. Truth. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. There's a huge buzz about the Royal Rumble that has not been around for quite a while. I started listening to the uh, After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves for the first time. Surprisingly, it took me this long. And they reminded me how this has not the first thing. There's been past championships, just been past other promotion members in the Rumble in the 90s, especially. But this is a huge scale of impact and AW. This is America. I, I, I remember. It's Japan stuff. New Japan members. There's yeah, been, New Japan. There's okay. no other like American competitors, like rival. It's not like yeah. we had like someone from WCW exactly, yeah. and like that, that, or even ECW and having even come yeah. at that point. There's a huge buzz. I'm excited. There's got, there has to be now this report coming out. There has to be one huge surprise. And again, I will yeah. see Moose, but I don't see Moose garnishing the reaction from that crowd. I think a fraction no. of the audience knows who Moose is. So you think it's AEW? You don't think it's the Impact? No. Well, anyway, we could talk about all night about that. Oh my god! Yeah, just speculating. I, I am so excited for the Royal Rumble. Like this is why. This is why the Royal Rumble has always been my favorite because it's just the surprises. Just like you don't know. It's so unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, and and like, it just kicks things off for WrestleMania, man. Like, it's always been my favorite. It always will be my favorite for this reason. I, I think they're doing a great job creating a lot of buzz around here. Yeah, I know. Like last week, they dropped a lot of surprises on us, but like they're still they're obviously they did so for a reason because they have a they have a well, what's the phrase here an ace in the hole. They they clearly have a big one coming up for us. 
So I, I it's just, I'm, I'm giddy with excitement, man. One, one of the names that popped in my head was Minoru Suzuki. He was, okay. on, he was on AW. He was on Impact. He's not contracted with anybody else right now except New Japan. So he will be a name that a lot of the audience would know. But again, it wouldn't be a huge pop. I think they want a huge pop like AJ Styles came about. Yeah, I think that's that's what they're looking for. And the only names I can think of are the AEW names I mentioned earlier. So we'll see what happens. Watch, it's Jade Cargill. It could be it could be a woman, dude. No, because they had the eight Mickey James, so now they're talking about men specifically. No, but, but... it could be a woman in the men's rumble. We've that's oh, true. happened I, I before. Don't see an outsider entering the men's rumble woman anyway. Is it my turn now? We're half an hour in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's your turn. <laughs> Sticking with the impact, you mentioned a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but Tom Hannafin replaced Matt Stryker. Yes. He was a great announcer for WWE. Big, solid pickup for Impact. Still miss Matt Stryker, but whatever. But on Impact, they took out D'Lo Brown, and it shows a lot of confidence Impact has in him because he's allowed to show not only by himself, but like rotating, commentating partners. He did have Now, we've done, yeah. we done commentary, too. I don't know how I would feel about like random people coming in for, per match. So it's just shows, BCW has done it quite a bit, I feel like. But there was been it's always been Pete Rosado, AJ Style, um, AJ Styles, AJ Pan, <laughs> and more like Green Man. So it was AJ, Pete, Green Man, and somebody else, or it'd be Pete, AJ, and somebody else. It's at least two guys there. Tom's sure. by himself, and so just showed a lot of confidence. I'm like, right, that's that's a huge, huge compliment they're playing to him, which means that he's and he's well versed on the history of the product, the current product. I wasn't too excited when they announced him as the replacement, but like he was impressive. Good it job. made sense, though. Yeah. It made sense. Match I didn't know I wanted to see until I saw it with Josh Alexander versus Charlie Haas. Where the fuck did Charlie Haas come yeah. from? <laughs> I was surprised by that. Huge I, surprise. Where has he like, been? I don't know. Okay. Awesome. They are kind of similar in their backgrounds. So like this is just should be a fun match. I was reading reviews of the show, and there was one review I want to get your opinion on. I'm a big Impact fan, especially with the. Uh, the kayfabe and the storyline-wise, right? This past show was just wrestling and storyline. This review said, and I quote, Impact ditched the campiness and presented itself as a straight professional wrestling show for two hours. No undead realm, no wrestle house, no swingers palace, no comedy act. Has Impact finally turned the corner by moving away from the silliness? Do you think that's better? Or do you think that would hurt them in the long run? If it's, is this is a true. permanent? Is, is, is this we don't a know. This, this, this is one person's personal review on that show. I'm like, do we want them to but get away from the silliness? Because that differentiates they, them from AEW and WWE. So, this like I was actually going to say this before. The ROH invasion that's going on here kind of reminds me a little bit of like when WCW invaded WWE, right? Okay. And at that at that point, Undertaker wasn't, you know, the dead man, like, the badass. He, he, he was yeah, he yeah, was a badass, okay. right? So there was no paranormal stuff going on. There there was no uh, comedy acts going on. I mean, it was just it was just straight up fights, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like right now with what's going on with ROH and this combination here, with this this the storylines being played out, I feel like they can't really do a lot of them. Maybe they can introduce True. back in Good as point. like a a last ditch effort. Like you know what, ROH is getting the best of us. It, it's it's time to. Uh, time to unleash the doors of hell it's a really good point you know? i think about that I feel, yeah it makes sense as it so, last i mean it would make sense here. a lot of eyes on you right uh, now so let's be serious yeah so i i think it plays well with the storyline here 
I hope they don't break away from it permanently because, like, the Dead Realm, I think it, it's it, it, it's it's entertaining, it's intriguing. There, there's something about the undead and any form of wrestling that just brings you in if it's done right. Because also kayfabe, and, there's not much kayfabe going on with WWE and AW right now, and that's what right. differentiates them because they're doing this random characters and unbelievable storylines. Right. And not for nothing, man. Like I've said about Wrestle House before in the past, I loved it. Yeah. I think it was, I thought it was an original way to get um, new viewers, if you will, to understand who these characters are. You know? And uh, I thought it was unique. It was different. I, I appreciate unique and different. I like the fact that Impact, they're, they're always... They're always willing to step outside the box creatively. If if it if it misses, it misses. If it hits, it's a hit. And they're okay with it. They're okay with taking chances. And I, I respect that and I dig that. And I hope they do more of it. Now we don't believe Mickey James's contract at the impact. She did an interview today where it was announced she is under contract with impact. So I'm not really sure where her legal status lies with impact. But she's also not under contract with WWE. Mm-hmm. W has shut themselves off from everybody for a long time now. So for a non-contracted W member to enter one of their biggest shows of the year, this is a forbidden door situation. I saw, somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter commented, and I bit my lip about it. It makes no sense what their logic is. This is a forbidden door situation because an outsider is entering the W universe. Whether their contract status with whatever promotion impact, NWA, Mickey James entering at WWE ring, not under contract with the E is a huge fucking deal for any promotion. So yes, this is a huge, huge deal. Please. And it's all my opinion. You guys believe what you want. It's a big deal in the terms of wrestling. It's a big deal in the terms of like WWE's history in the past of like just having the blinders on and, and yeah. pretending that just they that. only live in the WWE universe and nothing outside exists. That's where the universe came from. That's where the universe came right. from. They're not they're not ignoring everybody else. And now the for the first time they're acknowledging another promotion. Yeah. And gonna have potentially even another promotion's championship That's great. be featured on their on a television. So I don't say what like people this, don't believe this. This, yeah. this this is this is like the Avengers movie and all of a sudden you you have Aquaman that, come in. Batman. I, I mean anyway, Batman I, would be I, I you, saying, you, yes. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, totally agree, man. And people who are saying this is not a forbidden door situation, I see that on our Twitter account. It's just, how do you not see this? And Impact's not right. desperate. It's not a desperate move for Impact. Impact's been open for business for a lot of other companies, like I mentioned earlier. The only thing Impact's desperate for, if you want to use the word desperate for Impact, if anything, is a big network deal. Because they're, they're on a network that I think a little less than half the country doesn't even get. Exactly, man. It's a so, shame because... It's just, just Impact haters hating on Impact. I just, I'm tired of people hating on shit that they're not even watching. Because the thing is, if they were like me before in the past, they're just rem- remembering the downfall of Impact, right? Yeah. Of all the carny stuff that was going on at the end there uh, of TNA. But now Impact is, uh, they've completely rebranded themselves in a way. Yeah. And like, they, dude, from start to finish, their roster is extremely talented. They have some very good storylines in there. It, it's, it's a solid product. I used to make fun of Impact too. I used to make fun of TNA here on the show, me and Green Man all the time, because we didn't watch it. But every time I did watch it, looking back now, it wasn't bad. I did enjoy myself. 
And what they do on Access TV now is they air old pay-per-views for Impact before Impact starts. Looking back in the late aughts, early 10s, that roster, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Ric Flair, roster. Hogan, Nash, uh, Jay Lethal, uh, I can I can keep going on and on, but their roster was stacked. Bully Ray, Bully Ray Devon, yeah. Aces and Eights, Main Event Mafia, Kurt Angle, Christian, Booker T. They had a huge roster. Bobby Roode, James Storm. They had a great roster. They did a lot of good stuff. And, Matt um, Morgan. It's weird. They don't get enough credit for their history. They and I was one of those victims, too, until I learned it. And, like, you know, reading these comments on Twitter, obviously, these people don't know anything about the history of TNA or Impact. They just know the bad stuff. And I think that's kind of hurts me because, like, Impact had shitted on for the past. And they don't have a bad past. They've come with low mo- low moments, but it was just roster... really when Hogan, when Hogan, Bischoff, and the NWO cronies came in there, and it just shit went south. And Vince Russo. And when they went head-to-head with E, um, the Raw, I think it was yeah. 2010, 2011, it just killed any momentum they had. It just Absolutely. Give Impact a chance. Hashtag give Impact a chance. Because you be, you're a victim too. You you gave it a chance and you love it. Totally, man. Just, I mean, look, I mean, it's, it's my it's my takedown. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I feel like Impact right now they're like ECW back in the day. They're they're the third promotion. Yeah, they're, they're, they they definitely have like a, a hardcore audience, uh, the hardcore fan base. They but, do because you know, there's always like the same. Not four a lot guys. of people pay attention to them. There's always the same four people like ringside. Who follow yeah. Impact wherever they go? I'm like, I wish I could, I wish I could be one of those guys. But yeah, I mean, look, remember back in the day, ECW was kind of like the butt of everyone's jokes, yeah. extremely crappy wrestling, true, and all that. But like, there was there was a lot of gold in ECW that people picked from. So and Impact is the same way, and AEW I would say is the WCW of today. With that being said, let's get some go home thoughts. Mark, you've been part of the show for a couple of years now. I was thinking that today. It's crazy. You've done a great job, man. You, You've you've been killing it. I, I, I bust your chops a lot. You've been a, you become a big part of this show. Oh, thank you, could, you. You contribute a lot to this show. I didn't know where the show would be without you right now because you you're a huge presence on our social media, mainly our Twitter. And these interviews, you're killing it on the interviews. You're doing a fantastic job. I think everyone listening wow. agrees. You're doing a great job for the show. You're a huge asset to the show. Wow, I I'm like really touched, man. Thank you. So for that. I have to say, you're fired. Good luck in your future what? endeavors. We don't long. Your services are no longer required. Wait, you're done. What? You're done. What? You're what? fired. What? Why? What oh, I do? I'm sorry. Oh wait, I'm not the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins let go their great head coach this past week, and that makes <laughs> absolutely zero sense why they would do that. I mean, I'm just flabbergasted. And now, as the weeks has gone past. Stories that come out makes more sense. You need to get rid of your fucking inept GM because Brian Flores has been the coach for three years. Year one, they gutted that team. Gutted it in attempts to get the number one draft pick. Unbeknownst to them, Brian Flores was a good fucking coach. And in the second, in the last fourth, last third of the season, he turned that team around into a winning team. He did. So from the first draft pick, which was a lock, we ended up getting the fifth pick, which I don't think management and the GM weren't expecting, nor do they like, which fractured their relationship. Reasoning Tua got benched because Brian Flores wasn't a fan of his. He believed in 
Fitzmagic. Flores wanted Herbert instead of Tua, but the GM and the owner outvoted him. So it just, as a diehard Miami Dolphins fan, this is heartbreaking to find out that the owner sided with this inept GM over our winning productive coach who has given us two winning seasons in a row. Last time the Dolphins did that, I cannot tell you. Ten wins last season, nine wins this season. It it just gutted me. I mean, it just makes no, no fucking nine, sense. Nine wins, by the way. Nine wins after ten years, uh, after 20, 10 wins. Sounds like a drop-off, but you have to keep in mind, there's a lot of drama that happened this year. Uh, there was a uncertainty with Tua and his growth, also injuries. Uh, there's a young team. There's also a lot of drama going around about like the rumors about Deshaun Watson being traded to the Dolphins and what that would do that was to the young of, quarterback's confidence. That was Brian Flores. Deshaun, want, right. Deshaun Watson wanted to come to Miami because of Brian Flores. Flores exactly. did not believe in Tua. But still, but, like, oh. you think about, but still, there's drama there with that. Tua being a young quarterback. Who wasn't even the head coach. You know, the I mean, that, that, would, that, would fuck with his, that would fuck with his mindset. But they still turn around. They, they won what? Eight? The eight of the their last nine games to end a year strong. One they lost seven they, games in a row. They destroyed the Patriots. They've beaten the Patriots what two out of the last three times? No, three out of the last four times actually. I believe so. Uh, Brian Flores owns the Patriots. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Absolutely. It just still it still like it makes I'm flabbergasted. And now looking at the candidates they're interviewing, Scrubs. Fuck uh, I this. Think, I think Vance Joseph is uh, a leading contender there. Fuck this, man. And I'm hoping the New York Giants hire a GM as soon as possible so they can hire Brian Flores because then I'll become a Giants fan. No joke. Brian Flores. Ah. Great head coach. Apparently, may not be the best communicator, but whatever. I mean, the dude the dude wins. The dude wins. Do he you finds see a way to get the most of his players. He charged on the field to attack current players because the players are disrespecting his players. That's what we want in a coach. You want a coach that believes in your team. Believes in his players, and uh, oh. he's a, he's clearly the best uh, coach to come out of the Belichick tree. Yeah, again, it's like me firing you right now. It just makes no fucking sense. Rumor has it. By the way, thank you for you're welcome. God bless you. All of that. I mean that 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 really uh, that really did touch me. Yeah, I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. I love I love you too, man. I don't think it goes to the Giants though. Uh, there's there's a connection there with the Texans GM. Rumor has it Brian Flores is a leading candidate there for the Houston Texans. Really, I didn't hear that. I heard the Bears or the Broncos. I mean, dude, any of those teams could, could use. I mean, the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings. I mean, they're they're all more set up to win now. Giants definitely need a lot of help. I think the Giants they need the right GM to bring in the that's right the, coach. That's the key thing now, to bring in the right quarterback. Yeah. But I'm just fucking. Houston is I'm just, a I'm just done. Fucking disaster. I'm just done. I'm just done. This is fucking bullshit. The one that. Coach of the Year candidate for the last two years, you let go? Again, this is a wrestling right. podcast. I, we're way over time. I just want to keep dwelling on this, but I need to vent about this because this is my... Uh, welcome welcome to my frustrations of being a Jet fan because uh, we deal with kind of the, the same carny shit here. So You guys doubled your wins from last year, though, so that's a... Are you happy about we, that or just is four wins? Is, it, was it still a negative loss? All right, so I'm happy with like the progress that, that, that has been made. It's a, the youngest team in the league uh, with a young coaching staff. Robert Sala, first-time head coach. Matt LaFleur, first-time play caller. Zach Wilson, rookie. Michael Carter, rookie. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of young blood here. 
I'm excited for the progress of the team. Did you like? I know they have like the they have the fourth most cap space next year going in. They have two draft picks in the top ten. Joe Douglas as a GM, I'm fifty fifty on. He had a great draft this past year to draft beforehand. Maybe proven to be a bust if the rumors are true that uh, Mackay Becton could be gone. Zach Wilson, I am not sold on. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on him. It's funny because two friends of mine came over to my house to watch the Dolphins Giants game. And of course, Daniel Jones had a lot of more experience than Zach Wilson. But I asked both of them, "Do you believe in Daniel Jones?" One of them said, "Yeah, he's my quarterback. He just needs the right coach and right leadership." Other guy said, "No, he, I'm, I, he needs. To, he's he's gone. He's, we get rid of him." I was going to ask you that. So, but did you believe in Zach Wilson's progression over the year? No. No. Okay. I think he's very. He made very little progression towards the end of the year. Like, he still, he still thinks he's in college. I think. Okay. You know where he can get away with like the, some of the backyard shit they used to do at BYU. And keep in mind, he was at BYU facing like nobodies. You're in the NFL right now. Yeah. He had one good year in college. Uh, I, I feel like that was a bad move in their part getting Zach Wilson. I think, you know, they probably would have been better off going with Mac Jones or Justin Fields. I don't know anything about Trey Lance yet. No one really knows. But, uh, you know, I think they made a mistake with with Zach Wilson. I, I, I never really thought he'd be the guy. He's proven me right right now. I want to be proven wrong. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he's he's still a very young kid. So, like, you know, to his benefit, at the end of the year, the offensive line was depleted. All his stars were getting injured one by one yeah. by one. He had a great connection with Braxton Barrios, and then he went down. Uh, you know, so he was really working with scrubs at the last game, which was atrocious on his part. But, you know, he had nobody. So we kind of got to give him a little bit of slack here, as much as I, I hate to admit it. So we'll see what happens next year. A huge uh, weakness of Dolphins is the, the O-line. and. Yeah. A friend of mine was t- talking to me about the draft, and there was a, there was a big O line prospect that was on the card on on the table. Dolphins passed on him. Yeah, I yeah, his, I, I couldn't believe name, that. But he had a great year. Sure. Yes, he had a great year this year, almost maybe a Pro Bowl year. He had a great, great year. But but Jalen Waddle was a great was a great receiver for them. He was asking me, "How did I feel about that? How did I feel about the Waddle pick?" I'm like. I cannot argue that Jalen Waddle was a two was number one target. Jalen Waddle broke the record for receptions for a rookie in one season. He w- became the team's MVP. So I'm excited about that. I'm hoping this upcoming draft. And also Waddle they, and Tua had that connection in college. So yeah, that's why they drafted him over the exactly. O line guy because that connection with Tua, which means the Dolphins are all in on Tua. Um, but the Jets and the Giants both have two picks in the top ten. So happy for yep. our New York teams. I'm happy for the Giants. Fuck the Jets. No, no offense. Yeah, well, I understand we're we're rivals. Yeah. So, I mean, football's getting crazy, man. The season ended on a crazy note. Uh, just, I'm so so pissed. Before we leave the air right now, let, let's let's make our predictions for Super Bowl. Who you got? I have always been since he's been drafted a Tannehill fan. He's still my quarterback. So I'm pulling for That's the Titans. I'm pulling for the Titans, but I can't believe they got the one seed. I can, but what, what, what it was, it's so weird have? because Derrick Henry left what week five. He was still leading. Oh, the, no, later than that. No, I think it was week five or six. He still led this. He still led the league in uh, rushing yards. 
for quite a while. Yeah. He, he ended the season sixth. Nuts. The dude is a monster. I don't, you know, I don't see AJ how, I don't Brown see. was injured for a while. Julio Jones didn't pan out. Like they had nobody. I don't see they how you absolutely nobody. Don't pick either the Chiefs or the the Chiefs, Bucks or um Packers. You're not picking any of them? No, I'm saying it's gonna be the Chiefs at the NFC AFC oh. Bucks Packers in the finals. I don't know who I pick in the, those two. I'm going with Packers. Chiefs Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. I am Packers gonna go winning. with Bills, Packers, Packers winning. All right, so we, we're getting the winner. Yeah. We trust it. I think, honestly, the winner, and this show will be aired by this point, the winner of Bills, Patriots, is going to win, uh, is going to go to AFC. Uh, is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Really? Okay. I, I hope so, because I'm, I'm tired of the fucking Chiefs. Really? I am a huge fan of the Chiefs. I, no, I, I just, love Patrick Mahomes. I'm always, I, I, just I, don't, I, I just don't think it's their year this year. I was the underdog. I'm just tired of the Chiefs winning. Okay, they're not that good. Fuck that. Come on, give me some underdogs. But I can't, I can't put my my wagon behind the Bills, obviously. So I mean, dude. I mean, how do you think I feel about that saying about the which Bills? Which is why I'm ball. pulling all my weight behind the Titans because uh, Tannehill and Derrick Henry, like Vrabel, great, great. They have a great team there. Vrabel's got to win Coach of the Year, by the way. I mean, my God. You mean besides Brian Flores? <laughs> All due respect to Brian Flores, Mike Brable did it with uh, uh, band-aids and bruises all over that team. Uh, he pretty much had the replacements on there. He still wanted to get into one seat. Uh, that, that just goes to great coaching. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a shot of wrestling. So let's stop the football talk. Let's wrap things up. Marcus, MC3, go home thoughts. Guys, you can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. All my social media links are on there, along with my interviews, Hollywood's Corner, and Shot of Wrestling as well. You can find all our work on there on yourfavoriteactor.com. Very good show tonight, Marcus. Thanks, uh, thanks for being here. Great interview. Thank with, you to Ray Lynn. Great interview with Ray Lynn. Thank you for your time. I hope you guys kick the East Coast Indians ass and get my jacket back for me. So for Mark Schwann, for Ray Lynn, I have been your host at MugJPG. Until next week, rest in peace, Danny Tanner. Putty up. The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get delivered here? Somebody tell me, please. This old world confusing me. Clouds mean as you ever see. And a bird knows your truth. Then a little voice inside you whispers. Thank you.